Well, welcome to another edition of Intentional Conversations. On Intentional Conversations, we seek to interview leaders in men's ministry to help men grow spiritually and help leaders and pastors to reach men in today's culture, discussing issues we face every day. This is a program where a men's ministry leader interviews leaders in men's ministry. I am Mike Salen, your host, and I thank you again for joining us today. You know, one of the hottest topics in our country today is race relations. Everyone seems to have an opinion on how we can resolve race relations. However, what does the Bible say? And what does God say? I believe that uh, if we filter all of our concerns through the Word of God and then apply those that we learn out of the Word of God, we can make great strides in solving the issue of race relations. Uh, today, we're going to move out just a little bit from what I typically do in talking to, to men's leaders who particularly talk directly to men. And we're going to talk with someone who has this as a heart concern about how can we help people understand what God's idea was when he created the different races and what we're going on that we call races anyway. So today we have as a, my guest is Carlin Charleston. He's the founder of, a, of an organization called Erase Race. It's an organization whose purpose is to bring unity and reconciliation to all of Americans. Carlin grew up in Texas, in a small town in Texas, and he served 20 years in the Marine Corps and uh, working in and out of the Pentagon uh, and worldwide. But a few years ago, Carlin determined that helping people understand that we are all part of one race, and that is the human race, and, would be, and, and that would be his cause to dedicate his life to. That is why Carlin founded the nonprofit organization Erase Race, the American Unity Movement, believing that we will bring about unity through service and love for all mankind. Carlin, I thank you for joining me today. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. I'm glad to have to be on intentional conversations because so much of what I talk about is how we need to be so intentional about it. Oh. So I love the topic of your show, Intentional Conversations. Oh, you know, that's uh, that, that's kind of a thing that uh, I was beat into me from my mentor for many years was the fact of us being intentional, man. And that has just stuck with me. You know, our relationship with God needs to be intentional. Mm -hmm. Our relationship with our, our our wife, our families need to be intentional. Our relation, our, 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 our relationships with other men uh, need to be intentional. And so, you know, it just seemed, seemed right to call. Thank you for that comment. Yeah. I appreciate that. Well, Carl and I got a couple of questions. I like to ask all my guests when they first come on, when we start our program. The first question I'd like to ask you is what is one verse that, or maybe a couple of verses, I don't know, but at least one verse that you uh, consider a favorite verse or a life verse or, or a verse that's specific to your ministry with your race, race, that uh, that's meaningful to you. And why is that verse so meaningful to you? Yeah. You know, when I started this, the erase race, of course, I was raised in a Christian home. And so I knew some things and had this idea of how God created human beings. You know, we talk about the Mago day, oh man, all men are made in the image of God. So there were all these, you know, so I had knew some verses, but um, now when people ask me that question, I, I say the whole Bible is about that oneness, about this, this one man God created. And yeah. uh, so everything I hear now, so when I ask for one verse, it's like, okay, I got a million of them. But but uh, the one that I really do use for the ministry, one that really, that I think was kind of hidden in the scripture that I began to use as I studied was Acts 17, 26. And in Acts 17, uh -huh. 26, it says, you know, it, leave, it gives a prelude and then says, and hath 
and he hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth. Made of one blood, all nations, you know, and so everybody talks about, and I think Ken Ham had a book called One Blood, One Race, and he talks about that. And when we understand, I mean, I've heard songs where people said, we all bleed the same. We've had all these songs. So that message is really so woven throughout all of the scripture that every other verse that you begin, when you start looking at verses that talk specifically about different ethnicities or groups, you still get this, even, I mean, when you think about in, in some of the Old Testament where you had the Philistines and you had all of these other different tribes and all these things, God was still making clear that all these people are made in his image. And that's what's amazing for us to understand. And so that's kind of the, the background on why I got into this uh, erase race thing. Because I was like, people got to understand that race, which was created by men, is superficial and not real when you com compare it to the divine creation that God made for humanity. And uh, so that's what's so amazing to me. And so that's a, that's a very crucial verse. And like I said, there's so many verses. You got Galatians 3.28 where he says, therefore, there is no Jew nor Greek nor slave nor free nor male or female. So you get all these things that go back to this oneness that we are created in his image. And so plenty of verses about that, but uh, that's one that I think is very uh, substantial for us to understand. Wow. That, that is good. That is good stuff right there. And I appreciate you sharing that. That uh, helps us to understand a lot about what God's idea is about the, the fact that you know, he may have created us to look different in so many ways, but we're all still in the image of God. We're all one, one, one race. Let me piggyback one, one more point about that. Cause like you said there, cause he did in fact, you know, we are created differently, but that there's one scripture that in second Corinthians five 16, uh, that says, and it, it just, this little bitty passage, like I said, I get all these scriptures and they begin to mean so much to me now. It says, wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. So while he did create us to give us these natural different looks and all these things, he says, that's not, when we got Christ, we don't see people that way. We don't see people based on their appearance, their, their status and all these things. We don't know people after the flesh. And I think that's important for us as Christians to understand. Are we really seeing people the way God sees them? You know, that's a, uh, uh, in, in Samuel when they were looking for the, uh, you know, when they were looking for King David, you know, and Saul goes there and he says, or when they, and they found Saul, but they, they were talking about the fact that uh, man looks on the outward. God looks oh, yeah. at the heart, you know, oh, so yeah. man, wow, maybe we should start seeing people the way God sees them. Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Well, tell us a little bit. You, you've got you're kind of touching on it a little bit as you share these verses. But tell us how God moved you uh, into creating this organization called Erase Race and and what. Um, I, I don't want to make, make it sound negative, but but those of us who are in, in ministry of some sort, we always say it this way sometimes. What possessed you to do this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, that might be the right word, though. Here, uh, you know. And then, you know, it's kind of like you remember Moses, you know, uh, Moses had all these experiences when he was young and as he was older and then as he progressed, all of that stuff was preparing him for his big mission. So that's right. kind of the way I feel about erase racing, what I was able to, uh, what I'm doing now, because I see now looking back how all these things were preparing me. And so, yes, both my military time and I was a high school teacher after that for 12 years. And during that experience, I taught in what we would call the hood or an urban side of Houston. And then I did uh, five years there. Then I did another seven years on the upscale side of town teaching the same kids, same, I'm not the same kids, same uh, age groups, 
however, a different demographic. Mm -hmm. And so through that experience, I began to see this. They all they're all the same. I mean, I got this thread of, you know, and most people would have said, hey, you have to change your teaching style. You have to change the way that you interact with these people because they're different. I didn't get that. And I began to see clearly that God had all these things, had all these, that image of God that we talked about, they're all made in the image of God was so key. And so the answer to what we needed to do was to identify that to people. And how could we do that? By breaking down the things that tell us that what I call, what people call, what I call the big lie is that we are different and race does that. Race says they're, you're in a different group than they are, and you can't understand them because you're in this different group. And so it puts you in that different group every time you check the box, every time someone calls you and says, these people are this way or those people are that way, then it puts us in that box and it makes us believe that race is real and that it's true. And it's not. And uh, the scripture says it's not. And not only that, I said, this is the first time uh, Ken Ham, you know, Ken Ham, who runs the Ark Encounter there, Ken Ham agreed with uh, the science guy, Bill Nye. I said, so if you got science and 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 the Bible agreeing, yeah, then that's probably a, a slam dunk. And so that's what I'm doing now. I'm going about talking to people about why we got to do away with this concept of race. You growing up down here in, in Southern Texas, you know, basically what we're in Texas. I'm not sure if it's Southern Texas, but you grew up yeah, in Houston Texas, area. South, that's Southeast. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, I know you live in Houston now. I'm not sure if you, that's where you grew up at or not. But uh, and then and then, you know, myself growing up in the deep south, too, down in, in, in North Carolina, some people would consider some people in Alabama and in Mississippi would consider North Carolina deep south. But I would beg to differ with them. Um, <laughs> we, we, you know, we 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 were raised with certain concepts of culture and how that culture was supposed to play out as far as you, know, you were talking about people groups, how we were supposed to, to minister. You know, and that's a that's a hard shell to crack with a lot of people, especially those who don't know Christ. And so how do you do that? How do you how do you work through that process to help people to understand what you were just saying about we're all one race? Yeah. And, you know, and what I realized, you know, as I began to study this and and read, read so much and find out about the anthropological side of this and the science part of this, it, mm -hmm. it, it sent me backwards. It sent me backwards because God's word, and this is the thing, I don't know if you know about the Southern Baptist Convention's meeting this week, and they're trying to decide their direction, and and they're they're really fighting the same fight that we have to fight as men, men of God, every day is, is God enough? Is God's word enough? You know, or do we need all these newfound ideas, these cultural ideas that man has created? Do we need those things? And I think that's what I've come to understand, because while you've got people and let's, so I'm trying to erase race. Well, everybody out there doesn't, if I come from a biblical viewpoint, everybody doesn't understand that we're all made in the image of God. And they might not understand that of one blood, he's made all the nations of men. So they might not understand that. So then how can I, how can I get that across? Well, uh, you basically, you get that across because not only has God done that and talked about it scripturally, he's done it scientifically. I mean, so when you began looking at uh, all the science, and that's why I was saying Bill Nye, when, when science says this, and as, as when they began getting that data, then you talk to people where they are. And when I talk erase race, I'm talking to them about the one basic thing that we can, apart from everything else that always matters, and that is relationships. And so when we enter in a relationship, regardless of what I thought about you, I can now know you personally. And that's the thing that I think God has really impressed upon me more than anything, that you can try to win arguments. You can try to win fights about this and that. 
what people can't argue with is the relationships when you build them and the fact that I know you, I understand you, and we can we can then walk together hand in hand going forward, regardless of our beliefs about all the other things. And so so God's got this thing happening at so many different levels, but at the end of the day, this it's the mission that He's called all of us to, and that is, you know, to be witnesses of Him. And I think we do that by showing our love. Doesn't mean everybody's gonna accept everything that we say. And it might not feel like we're being loved back. Well, we don't need to be loved back. We are loving. That's what we do. Amen. Amen. Well, I've got to ask this question. I know when uh, I know you're doing a lot of touring around the country, talking about uh, race relations and, and racing a race and, and helping educate people in that state. But when you bring up your website, you, you know, you race race uh, dot com and no, race races actually dot uh, com. When you bring that website up, one of the first things that stands out to me is a picture of you and Elmo Winter standing in front of this NASCAR looking car. It's all <laughs> decked out in red, white, and blue with white stars all over it, and this flag emblem in the middle of the of the hood. It looks like you're about ready to join the NASCAR circuit. What is that car all about, man? <laughs> hey, it's it's it is my conversation starter. It is my marketing piece, my brand. And it's really cool because, you know, I'm driving the country. And uh, so in 2019, before COVID, I did uh, 112 cities, 48 states. Uh, you know, I couldn't drive it across the water. Otherwise, I would have hit Alaska and Hawaii as well. But uh, so uh, I was driving across the country and I'd get these big thumbs up. And uh, sometimes I'd see people reading it. They're trying to figure it out. But it's my marketing piece. And, it, and, and every now and then I would take the shoe polish and write something on the window, send uh, additional messages besides what I have in, yeah. in, imprinted on there on my vehicle. So it's just a it's a great conversation starter. And it says the things that we need to do. It talks about uh, unity and love for all mankind at the bottom. And I want people seeing that begin thinking about that. And every now and then we get a, a phone call. I have a uh, one of my uh, marketing personnel works in Florida and they would say, Hey, uh, you know, somebody in Iowa said they just saw your van, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I'm driving, you know, and that would happen. So that was good. And, and uh, once again, as I begin later on this fall, then I should be back out on the road with that thing, doing the same thing, putting the message out and getting people to start the conversation. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll be, I'll be looking for that thing running through North Carolina when I'm going to travel around North Carolina and see that wherever else, wherever else I may be in the country. Cause I I'll come see you. When I, yeah. When I see that car, I know that Carl is not far behind it or <laughs> probably in it. When that's I see, neat. When I see it. <laughs> yes. So that's, that's good stuff. I, that, that is a pretty car. I really mm -hmm. like it. And, and it, it's, it's gotta be a good conversation starter. And oh, it is. About it. Put a lot of miles on that thing. So uh, I calculated. And so in the six months it took me to go all 48 states, uh, 27,000 miles. Wow. wow. Yeah. Well, so you've come out, you've gone into a store and come out, found people standing all around caulking at the oh, car. Oh, my goodness. That happened. <laughs> no, notes left on the car. You know? It's amazing. And this is how you know God's with you. I mean, because think about race over the last two, three yeah. years. Yeah. Race has been pretty high. And uh, people were really, my wife included and others, were concerned about the fact that I'm going out on the road and I'm traveling, talking about race and I've got this vehicle. Can you imagine doing that for, for you know, the six months that I did do all those 48 states, 112 cities? Not one uh, negative thing happened to my van. Not one negative note. Not one negative. I mean, that was amazing to me. And that's how I knew God was in it, because everybody that would stand out. And sometimes people would stand outside of a store. I'm coming out of Walmart and someone in Philadelphia is standing outside of my vehicle. And uh, they're saying, hey, let's talk about this. And often, I mean, and I, 
I made this one thing because, and I said Philadelphia because I remember this lady because she's she's standing out there. She's got on on earrings with, that say Black Lives Matter. I mean, her earrings are big blue earrings that Black Lives Matter, <laughs> and she she doesn't allude to that, but she starts talking. She says, "Let's talk about this." So we had this conversation, and I was talking to you earlier about relationships, and I didn't I didn't start out by saying, "Okay, she's on the opposite side because the way she looks" or anything like that. I said, "Let's dialogue. Let's talk about this," and we did. By the end of that conversation, I mean, we were like best buddies, and she's like. I understand. She said, yes, I want to be a part of this and things like that. And so I think that can happen when we really start with the idea that we can really build relationships first and not just say, hey, I've got my viewpoint and you should agree with me or you, you know, you're on the other side. We've got to do better than that. And I think when we get rid of this idea of race, then we will do that and we'll come together. And that's what unity is about. That's true. That's true. And I think it's, it's, it helps to, for us to have that dialogue because we've come to a point where we can better understand each other and, and and uh, what we're going on. I know, I know, I'll have to say, you know, growing up where I grew up and, and, you know, and, and, and it, it hurts me a lot of times really to think about this is how segregated our churches are. And, uh, you know, we tried to do away with segregation in all aspects of life, but for some reason, our churches have remained that way. And Tony Evans in his book, um, I believe uh, it's called uh, Embrace Race, I believe is what it's called, mm -hmm. uh, helped me to understand a little bit about the culture of the African-American community when it comes to churches. And that, that, helped, that helped a little bit because there was a dialogue there that we could have a conversation when I first read that. And that's what we need to be doing. We need to be learning more about each other. The fact that, that we, we uh, God did make us different to some degree, but we all, all, all under him and we are one race. Hey, let me, let me cover a little bit on that because I think you make some very sure. good points. And I think sure. it goes back to what you have here. You know, I, I talk about when the, when race was created, I understand, you know, there's a lot of history there about, uh, Euro Europeans and how what they did with race, European scientists during the Enlightenment and how they, you know, did this uh, breakdown of humanity and, you know, Negroid and Caucasoid and all those things. So all that happened. And then you had, you know, the slave trade that happened and all these things. So all these things were, were created and they were developed. And so what we then have to do, and I, I always say this, I say that when race was created, the way that it was created, they were intentional about what its aims were. And their aims were to divide, to separate, and to segregate. And so race has worked. And so that's why we're erasing race, because as intentional as they were to divide and separate, we have to be as intentional to unify and unite. And that's what we're doing in Erase Race, okay. being intentional about it. Got to be. That's what we were talking about at the beginning of the program, how, mm -hmm. how intentional we need to be in, in our efforts. Well, one of the things that you have done over the last year or so, I'm not exactly sure when you all made this partnership, but I know we, uh, you, uh, you and Race Race has partnered with Elmo Winters and the Kingdom Group. We had Elmo on uh, some months back. I can't remember exactly what when, but we talked about it. And in a few years back, uh, probably about four years back, he he uh, he and Kingdom Group started a a monthly ministry uh, called the Unity Breakfast, where they bring people of various 
backgrounds, cultural backgrounds, races, and so forth, and, and, and have those conversations on a Saturday morning. Of course, COVID hit, and then they moved that to a virtual platform, and I've had the privilege of being on a no number of those, and, and it's very informative. But you all have partnered together here recently uh, because you are you're got the same, same kind of burden and passion. How about sharing a little bit about what you all are going to do, how that partnership come about, and, and what are you all going to do going forward uh, uh, with the race, race, and kingdom group together? Oh, yeah, and that's that's just uh, so amazing. This, the story of how we met up, and I don't, we don't have time for that on the show today. The story <laughs> of how Elmo and I actually met up was uh, through this one lady who, not knowing that I was doing Erase Race, told me, uh, and she came called my wife and I to dinner one night and said, I've got a point of contact for you in Baton Rouge. When we had this planned movement to go around the country, and Baton Rouge was our first stop, and, and that was Elmo Winters. And so we've been with him since then. And uh, so that's that's what I call talk about God's providence and God's direction in all this. But yeah, so we're pleased to be uh, united with Kingdom Group. And the other thing that that's come out of that is this word kingdom. I tell you what, if there's any word that now characterizes almost every move and everything that we're doing, that word keeps popping up and God is doing some amazing things with that, with that kingdom. And matter of fact, when you ask for my uh, verse, because my life verse is always Matthew 6, 33, six, mm -hmm. seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So I'm really big into anything that when I hear word kingdom, my ears go up. And so uh, to be able to work with Elmo and the kingdom group and take what he's doing there with those uh, unity breakfasts, as I toured the country, then one of the things I realized is I'm a simple man. I'm kind of like uh, like Moses when God went to him and said, hey, Moses, I got this for you to do. I started making excuses, you know, <laughs> you know, hey, but I can't, you know. But then I been, began realizing that God was telling me, you don't have to invent anything. Use the things that I've already created. I've already got people doing things, working things. Your job is to simply connect those things. It's like I said, there are a lot of wheels already turning. I just got to connect all the wheels and this vehicle will roll. And so that's what we're doing with Kingdom Group. He had the Unity Breakfast of which I was a part of the, uh, when they did their big celebration for the, I think three year mark, uh, then I was there, I was his guest speaker. And I was just amazed. I was overwhelmed with the fact that this group had been together for that length of time. You brought people in, you were uh, intentionally integrating and just dialoguing and talking to each other. And more than anything, you're building relationships. You're building relationships and that was huge. And so I told Elmo, I said, Elmo, this is what God has given me that I am the guy who just says, hey, you got that. Let's connect that with people in other parts of the country. Mm -hmm. And so, so we're basically taking that idea, that one uh, event idea, and we're nationalizing it. And so I'm the guy who travels around the country. You've got a, a tried and true event that's really doing great things and building relationships. Let's take that and, and spread it. And so we're, that's what Erase Race is really going to be doing now and finding more people in more parts of the country who are doing those great things. Let's nationalize those things. Let's share those things that are bringing about unity among people and especially God's people. Because if we can then begin doing that and show the rest of the world how God's people are, then we will have accomplished two things. God's mission, number one, which is most important to us, that we're doing God's will. And then we will secondly have united mankind here in America. So that's what we're trying to do. That's super. That's super. And how would I get you in my town? How could oh. I get you here? Well, this is this is the way you would do it, uh, because what we're going to be updating our website, because once I start traveling again before and it's probably buried deep on our website now, there was a map. And on that map, it showed where I was going and we would post next city. 
And so if I was coming into a particular state, then I would I would detour off and go to a city when someone said, if you come here, then we'll have we, we'd like you to speak to this group. And so we'll, once we begin you know, firing back up when I have that schedule ready to go, which I know will be late fall, it'll probably be sometime about September, October, then we'll have that and we'll be back on the website and we'll identify, you know, people that I've connected with prior to like Mike Sandlin, I'll, I'll send that out to you via email. But other people can simply go to the website and say, he's coming to our state. Let's see if we can get him to come here and speak to us, because that's one thing. I'm not limited. You know, you don't have to pay me a lot of money. You don't have to pay me anything. I'll come and talk this message because it's the message God's given me and he will provide to make sure that I can talk his message. And so I'm willing to come and do it anywhere, anytime. Yeah. So you speak at all, I mean, say, say a community event, a church event, uh, a, a council, uh, say a town council or any, any, any place you're invited, would you I've, and I've done I've done all of them. I've done all of the above. And it's been amazing too to, to you know, because some of these places you go, wow, they let me in here. <laughs> you know, I can believe that. You know, but whether it's schools, whether it's like I said, some yeah. civic civic event, and and of course churches, you know, open their doors. And uh, in one event, I went to an Indianapolis and I didn't realize when I got there, because it was early when I first started traveling in 2019. I mean, they had this big thing set up. I mean, I was a star before I even knew it. You know, our special guest is Carlin Charleston and he's speaking and they had a panel and they had all this thing. And it was just it was just amazing. And so but I'm willing to just go and speak before anybody with the message that I've got. And so that'll happen. That's that's super. One of the things I see on your website is called ambassadors. When I go and look at some things, what what is, what is that bastard? Do, are, are, are you actively looking for people to be ambassadors for this? Yeah. And that's one of the things that will start up later on in the year as well. That, you know, because, uh, yeah, I can go out and my wife always talks about how I've got seemingly unlimited amounts of energy and I can just go, go, go. She said, you can, there's only so much you can do as one person. Can we bottle so that we, up? Can we bottle that up? I need some of that energy coming <laughs> my way. Yeah. And so what we try to do is try to create ambassadors who I can spend dedicated time with, kind of like the disciple, you know, disciple right. thing where I can disciple them and give them information, uh, so much key information that they can then use in their communities where they are. And, you know, because there are a lot of issues out there. People talk about critical race theory and all these different things that are out there. You know, one thing I'm good at doing because I wasn't super, my wife is the smart one in the family. You know, she's a lawyer and all that. She's a smart one. I said, I don't have the brains. So everything has to be broken down to me so that I can understand it. So that's very beneficial when I need to articulate that to other people so that I can put it in a fashion where they understand it. So I can take things like critical race theory and, and give that to people so they can consume and understand it. And we can talk about that in, intelligently or so we think intelligently and then come to some decisions about its use or non-use and what it's saying. And so I love doing that. And so that's what we do with our ambassadors. I do some training with them and try to get them the tools they need wherever they are. We can do that online. We can do that in person when I'm traveling the country and I come to your, your place. You you can say, hey, I've got 10 people I need trained up and we can do that. So that's all part of what we're what we're doing. Mm, OK, good. You said something a minute ago I want us to touch on and let you share a little bit from from a biblical perspective of how you see this playing out. And and that is the critical race theory. We're seeing that everywhere we turn today. The news, it's uh, school boards are talking about it. State legislators are talking about it. We're just seeing it everywhere. Um, and and I, I'd like for you to just just share a little bit about your thoughts on that. And, and how does that play out biblically? Yeah. And let me. Yeah. Because this is really I mean, 
this is really simple when you when you think about it. it you know it gets complex if we try to get down into the uh, well, how did it start? what's what's its real intentions because there's some things behind there. and because um, one of the things that has happened with critical race theory, it's like anything else, man-made creations, these things evolve and change based on the people and the dynamics of the society at the time. So I think that's what's happened with critical race theory. What started as critical race theory in the late 70s and early 80s, is really probably not the same thing that we have today, but you know, in in the big picture, they both could be bad, you know, but they could they have all these nuances. So the thing for us to understand as believers, though, when it comes to critical race theory, is that the question is, does it align scripturally? Yes. Does it align with yes. a biblical worldview? Because that's all we should be concerned about. Does it have a biblical worldview? And because some of critical race theory is simply acknowledgement of historical past. Well, to say that something happened in the past, you can't, that's not a value judgment to say that's good or bad. It's just saying this happened. So we got to understand that some things, okay, that happened. Well, that's a part of critical race theory where they talk about what's happened in the past. Where it gets into trouble is when it begins becoming a worldview. And so many of the people who espouse critical race theory are talking about it as a worldview. And they talk about it and they characterize an entire society as being a certain way and people be having certain attitudes, which, yeah, you're going to have problems when you do that. And so, because because then for me to say that something is irredeemable, which is one of their tenets, that America is irredeemably racist. For a Christian, I don't care what color you are, I don't care where you came from, to talk about something being irredeemable when we know a savior who has redeemed mankind, who has redeemed Amen. us from the worst of everything, Amen. we know that, then we know that that clashes with a biblical worldview. So we have to reject anything that clashes with a biblical worldview. And so uh, the, real, the real idea of is being able to have a conversation about that so that everybody understands that if you're a believer, we've got to get back to a biblical worldview. So anything that clashes with that, because maybe there are things in critical race theory that don't, but those things that do have to be soundly and roundly rejected. And that's what we would need to be talking about. Amen. I agree with that uh, totally. And I appreciate you sharing the way you did, because that's one of the things that I tell people all the time when they begin to expound on 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 uh, positions, uh, rather be political, lifestyle, whatever the case may be. I said, what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? How how filter that? Fill your filter your idea through the Word of God. And if it can't stand up with the Word of God, then you don't need to be dealing with it. You, know, you, need, to, you need to throw that out. That's right. And uh, and, and that's interesting. I know. Uh, um, uh, it, it's just uh, it's just something that I, I, even people in the church are not doing and they need to be doing it. We've, uh, we have gotten very lax right. in that area, that area. Well, I, I, I want us to kind of continue on the discussion of your, of, of the organization. How can I help you uh, as an individual that's not with you all, you know, right there, shoulder to shoulder with you right now physically, but how can I help you shoulder to shoulder apart from one another? How can our listening audiences uh, uh, join you in this in this endeavor? Oh, and that's one of the things that we're really uh, working on because I talked to you about the, uh, the relationship building angle. Uh, and so we really do want to put together, and that's one of the things I'm working with Elmo on now is creating a, a package of information and knowledge that people then have something tangible that they can begin doing. We talk about the relationship building. What is the process for that? And so I've got this curriculum that I'm working on called uh, the Dialogic 
life. And it talks about how we really have got to begin talking. And I think when you talk about concepts like race and other things, we've got to begin dialoguing better because our words, and I, I did a, a show last week talking about that said words matter, but meaning matters more. And we're confusing ourselves so much in the conversation that we're having. And so much of our conversation is so destructive. Besides the fact that we're, we're really hurting each other, we're just not really getting meaning across to each other. And so, so the things that will that people will be able to do as Elmo and I begin to roll this out and, and have us come to your, to your town, because if nothing else, schedule us to come see you. If there's something that you want to do, because once I come and see you and talk to you, you will be motivated. You will have the tools necessary to go out. And so that's one of the big things that we'll do, but we're trying to put it out in several different formats. That is one virtually so that people can have it handy and accessible and get me to come and talk to you. So when I talk to you and fire you up, you can say, Hey, well, let me support your ministry as well. You know, and they support us financially and they support us in other ways so that I can continue to do this. Because like I said, we don't have a requirement on what you're going to give us because I'll come to see anybody. And that's what I tell people. I'll go for free because I want to get the message out and because God will provide. And that's a, that's why this is a faith move because God will provide. I'm not worried about that, but I do want you to partner. And we want people when they we say partner, continue to fund me to go to other places because if you have, and, and other people don't have, I want to go talk to those people who might not have so that I can talk to them and reach them as well. And so that will be something that will be rolled out as part of Elmo and I, the kingdom group and erase races very soon as we began to plan for what we're going to do in the late fall. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, you can help Elmo out if you can't do it uh, by hand, with your hands or physically or working in some way. Uh, you can you can definitely support his ministry just by going to racerace.com. And as soon as you pull that up, you'll see, us, see a, a list of stuff on the top. And one of them is a donate button. You can donate to that ministry. And that could go a long ways to helping him to continue this tour that he wants to start up in the, in the fall as he moves around and and uh and talks to individuals because this is something that is very near and dear to all of our hearts really if you are a believer you should be you should be all into to this so what do you yes. think the tour yeah when do you think the tour will start back up again you said september is october fall time frame we yeah i'm, ex I'm estimating probably october you know my uh my right. wife was diagnosed with uh cancer last october Mm. And so we went through that. And uh, one of my friends said to me, hmm, God said, the only way I can slow this guy down is I can bring COVID and give his wife cancer. And then maybe he'll slow down. <laughs> so I said, yeah. yeah like, God does do that sometimes. Yeah. I'll tell you that now. He does uh, do yeah. that because he, he did it with me uh, back in 2006 when he, when I was diagnosed with cancer. So it was. Oh, wow. <laughs> So, so, hey, hey, so, so, yeah, and so just, I really believe October will be, we'll, we'll start this up and I'll be back out on the road because matter of fact, because I've got some events that, that I'm already scheduled for, for, for both July and August. And so, yeah. so those are smaller events where I'll travel up to, uh, one is in Indiana, Indianapolis. And so, uh, but, but, but in the, the big touring and having a schedule and the map that I talk about putting out on the website, that'll be October. And we'll be back out on the road and we can come there and hopefully we'll have our virtual package, our curriculum pre created as well, that we can send that out virtually. Okay. I just threw up your email too. I hope you don't mind that. I guess that's correct. And uh, so guys, people can reach out to you that way and get information too. Yeah. But Jay, make sure you change that T on there to an R. It says Catlin instead of Carlin. Oh, it does. It does. <laughs> that's a fat finger situation. I'll fix that right now while we're talking. Right. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, uh, 
Gracious. I didn't realize we did that, but we'll fix that right now. Reach out to Carlin. Carlin at erace at us or dot us, and uh, I'm sure he will be glad to reach out to you and start a discussion of what we're going to. Carlin, we're we're coming up on our time for us to, to unfortunately wrap up this program. And this is a topic that I know we can talk for quite some time, but I want to give you a couple of minutes just to share any last minute thoughts about anything we have talked about or anything else that may be on your heart right now regarding with this subject matter in this ministry uh, that you would just let our listening audiences uh, be able to, uh, to hear your heart about. Yeah, I think uh, uh, you asked that question to me earlier when we were talking about it, you know, uh, through my travels throughout the country, what is the thing that I've learned? And I think that is the message that I want to get across to everybody about what you can actually learn when you travel America, what you can actually learn when you begin to engage so many other people. And I think one thing that you'll get, one thing that I think uh, that most Americans don't have that they need is you'll get really that sense of what a great country this is, because it's not a great country just because of the country. It's a great country because of the people. And and you don't find that out when you're sitting at home and yeah, you know your next door neighbors and you like them or you don't like them and you go to the school or you go to your job and you have people that you like and dislike. That's not a real picture of America. When I traveled the country and I found that people, and like I said, some of the people who would come out and talk and people who would wave and just stop and want to have a conversation, who cared? I developed amazingly, I might be in a city one day or two days, and amazingly such deep relationships with people. Why? Because that's all I was doing. I went out with the purpose of engaging people. And I think what we don't do in this country is we kind of always have some purpose that's other than the people. And when we get back to identifying and establishing that people are what make America great, and we then go and engage people, then we will find that to be the case. And you'll have a different view of America. And that's what I said. If I was able to take every American on that travel with me to the 48 states, 112 cities and meet the people, this would be a wrap. We wouldn't have any of these issues that we're having, whether it's police shootings and all this stuff, it would be a wrap. Everybody would say, hey, that thing happened, but you would have so much concern and care for each other that we would be beyond. And this is after all, this is what God has told us to do. He says, you know, as I have loved you, love them. And if we could get to that level of love, then we wouldn't have these issues. And so that's what getting to know people does for you. It, it gives you a heart for those people. You know, you hear people sometimes saying, well, yeah, but you don't know, you haven't walked in my shoes. Yeah, but you can but you can, and it's simply a heart matter. You can actually care. And that's what you find out when you meet people that you can actually care for them so much. And so I've developed such great relationships. I tell everybody all the time, I said, I have got to be the richest man on the planet. There can be nobody richer. And it's all because of those relationships that I've developed around the country. And so now when I travel, then I plan, I've got to stop in this city so I can see this person. I got to stop in this city so I can see that person. And it's just amazing. And it's really, it's just, I mean, and this was not part of my life plan. This was simply ordained by God. I never had it on my bucket list to tour every state, to visit every state in the country, and definitely not to be doing this race thing. But it was the thing that I see now, as I talked about Moses, God was preparing me for from when from a child, from birth. And all the things that I see in my life now were preparing me for this thing that I'm doing now. And so, hey, I'm like Moses. I've talked to the burning bush and there's no turning back. And this is it. So I'll be racing race the rest of my days to make this thing happen. I tell you what, when God captures your heart on a particular passion or burden, uh, he will not let it go. And, it's true. Uh, you know, Romans eleven twenty nine 29 talks about, you know, 
uh, God's calling is irrevocable. Once yes. He, once he, he has called you that, he he's not taking it back. It's there, <laughs> buddy, and you got to move. You know, and I, and I appreciate you talking about getting to know people, being intentional with people, getting to know them, because a lot of these issues that we're dealing with, that we see the shootings and, and uh, uh, just all the things that's happening, the looting and so forth, it all deals with the heart. It is a pure heart issue. And when we begin to bring people together to get to know one another and help them to see that that lifestyle change, be creating, be, becoming a new creation, mm. God, uh, through that, uh, uh, we'll solve a lot of these problems, a lot of these issues that we're dealing with. Well, Carlin, I appreciate you being on. We're, we've run out of time. We've got to close out the, this this time with us. And you've just shared a lot of information that I believe that people need to really take take for, uh, to heart and, and digest and be able to think through it. Uh, if you want to know more about Carlin's ministry, Erase Race, uh, go to EraseRaces.com uh, and you'll be able to see that. If you want to reach out to Colin. Uh, Carlin personally, you can email him at Carlin at eraserace.us, and I'll be glad. He would, I'm sure he would be glad to reach out to him. This is a production. This intentional conversation is a production of Cape Fear Men, and so if you want to know more about us, go to capefearmen.net and be glad to to see what all we do. And I would be glad also to come and speak to you, speak to your uh, men's group at some point uh, if you would you know, like to invite me to. And uh, you can reach me at mike.sandlin at capefearmen.net, and I will personally respond to you myself and and uh, and your questions and comments that you may have. Thank you again, Carlin, for for being with us. I do appreciate you being here, and it, it's it's been an honor to to basically have you on. And, and I, I thank God for what you're doing to help uh, our country erase the race. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate you. Oh, no problem, man. Hope you will join us next time in intentional conversations with Mike Salen. As a mentor used to tell, share with me all the time when after you get through praying over me, he said, I pray that God will give you a rock to stand on, a brook to drink from, and a tree to shake you about. God bless you, and we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.